podcast has changed my life. Shine, it's lovely to meet you. Yes, nice to be met. Come on, sit down, tuck in. This is not funny! It's like just another world over here. That's, um, I feel like Adelaide gets a bad run. Because there is, in at least comedy shows, but on TV and stuff, I feel like for my entire life, the only time that Adelaide has come up has been as a punchline. And the punchline is often that it's boring, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two would be that there's lots of murderers there. Yeah, yeah, like the crime rates are quite high. Snowtown. What's Snowtown? Well, that was like the famous murders, like in the, and I'm pretty sure they went in, they, in the barrels, the bodies in the barrels. Oh my God. See, I don't know the, I don't know Australian history. It was also boring in school, you know, it's like convicts. So boring. Once you got convicts done, it's like, oh my God, World War One, like the trenches were tough. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and hey, that wasn't even in Australia. You, <laughs> we're going to talk to you about Burke and Wills for two hours. Like, <laughs> I'm actually yeah. falling asleep as you say it. Like, but, like there was always two blokes, you know, who were the fucking... Two blokes the, go for a walk. Who were the botanical guys? Like the um, Joseph Banks and someone else. That oh, Joseph another, Banks. You know. Was it Fraser? Was it Fraser? Or Flinders? Yeah. No, he mapped... Yeah, Flinders it's always people who are like, coastline. yeah, they did a bit of the coastline. It's like, this is admin. This is like, yeah, Dude, some administration so that's necessary to set up a society. But like, I don't want to read about it like five generations afterwards. Oh, he was the first guy to see a fern. The head of HR in the 1800s had a city <laughs> yeah. named after him in Australia. <laughs> exactly. There were, you know, arguments between some of these towns and they had to kind of set up a governance structure and sort some of these things out about where the roads should start and end and where some of the zoning should happen. It's like the ancient Romans were putting tigers and making them fight for their lives in a huge gossip. Can we learn about that again? Like, that was last week. And now we're learning yeah. about the guy who fucking categorised ferns. I'm going to kill myself. Oh, it is so true. Yeah, like, the Romans did so much sick stuff. It's actually unfair to te- try to teach both. Like, they would fill the Colosseum with water, put boats in them, and drown each other. Totally. And then comes back to us in Australia, and they're like, oh, Sir Henry Parks was a mayor and a premier. So we're going <laughs> to yes. talk about Which is actually technically two different minutes. things. Uh, so that sounds like they, they could coexist, but it's never happened since. It's like, it's like what you were saying about lies, and if you lie sometimes, but then make it very clear you're telling the truth other times, then it makes people worry about the lies. You either mm. need to do all of one or none. I feel like they should just teach us Australian history or none. You know what I mean? You can't have it next to Rome. And medieval shit. Yeah. And even like American history. The stuff on TV when you're growing up, like all the best shows are like America. So then you perk up when they're telling you about um, American history because I'm simply going to understand more jokes in Family Guy. You know? Yeah. Every bit of that think, information will lead to future laughs. Dude, I think you're totally right. And I think it's like we'll get international history through other forms. Mm. But there's no popular culture celebrating Australian history. So Absolutely it's like you actually not. should just teach us that because mm. otherwise that is not going to be be able to oh, be found. There's exactly. probably not even Wikipedia articles on it. But like, the, <laughs> God, do you know what I mean? Oh, that's it's so like brutal. Every you two can't years, even read there's going to be like, if you get curious on a fucking whim, <laughs> if you're super bored when you're 24 one night, you can't even have a few clicks and know what's going on. Oh, but I mean, but like all that Adelaide. The, the thing about Adelaide, you're totally right about the punchline mm. thing. It is unfair, but like. Adelaide people are so down. Like, I don't understand it because my Uber driver the other day was like, he goes, I'll mm. tell you what, the secret's out about Adelaide because of COVID. Everyone's been coming here. 
It's oh, like the really? secret's out. I'm like, man, it's a fucking major capital city in Australia. It's like people know about Adelaide. Yeah, and they're laughing at you because it sucks. <laughs> but it doesn't. I'm with them. I, I mean, if the secret's out that it's good, then that's good. I suppose he probably is seeing just a lot of kind of immigration from or you know people visiting because it's like legally the only place he could possibly go. So I don't know if that counts. That's <laughs> like people finding out about it. It's just the only place that you are um, literally allowed to visit. I have only ever been there though during Fringe, and I've always found it very exciting because it's like this big festival. It's unreal, yeah. The second biggest Fringe festival in the world after Edinburgh it takes over the whole city. Um, I find it very exciting but then yeah you talk to locals and they're like during the other times of the year it's fucking boring but it's like stand up for yourself no one's gonna start the hype if not you they need to be Dude, more like this cab driver totally the cab driver was real team adelaide but he was from broken hill originally so i don't know i mean yeah low you know he's still there. moving i saw a guy smoking a crack pipe um on hindley street see this is what we need a bit of fun <laughs> a bit of action yeah, you really get, like, you get amongst it. But you're not coming this year. You're just going straight to Melbourne Comedy Festival. I know. I forgot to sign up or something. It was years ago. Bloody had to sign up for Adelaide. I didn't even know if it was, was going to happen. I feel like the other example of people who get a rough trot in Australia mm. is Tasmanians. Because I feel like they're the main punchlines on, like, Australian TV. Adelaide for yeah. kill, being killers. Probably because of the Snowtown probably. thing. And boring. Um, those are the yeah the two big ones, and then um, Tasmania. I suppose boring as well, backward, and like the classic hacky joke is that they're um, fucking their brothers and sisters. Mm, now that's not hack. That's a good observation. <laughs> <I think. laughs> oh, you like that one? Often Imagine that they... If they just formed from an observation. Like that was just one guy's observation. And people were like, oh my god, I've never thought about. I that mean, before. most hacky jokes did start with a kernel of truth, and that they were kind of like. Um, yeah, based on some reality, and that's why they take off. I suppose most small places, the incidence of sex between brothers and sisters mm. or cousins is probably bigger in smaller communities, right? You'd have to think, yeah. Per capita. But that doesn't make it right, Tom. No. <laughs> and and I would also say that at no point in anything I said was I making the case that, that it was right or sexy or good. You or, or were sweet. talking, I can see on the background, you're, you're Googling small towns. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, house prices, mm, very interesting. Me and my sister could benefit from a year <laughs> off. We could, sh- we could, we could, or we could share a house to somehow try to yeah, you know, help pay for a, these expensive property prices. It's an, uh, it's an investment. <laughs> a good small community. Some of these flood-riddled communities, they need our help. They need us out yes, there. Let's get up there. The Lismore, prices are perfect low. Perfect place. You know what? The, tol- the tolerance for certain things is very high. Mm, yeah, when your house is flooding, you don't care if the neighbours are fucking each other <laughs> and their brother and sister. <laughs> so I feel like maybe there was a bit of a kernel of truth, but I also do feel like it's um, it's sad to see these smaller places fall into... These, because I feel like it starts off with maybe uh, some truth behind it and a, a, a simple joke. Just like lots of places have jokes about them. Most towns you go mm. to, the town down the road, they've got a joke about them, and then the other town yes. has a joke about the other one. Like everyone's joking around, but then some of them go kind of viral within the culture. And those are the two biggest ones. Like Perth, you don't hear as many kind of specific jokes about. Darwin, Brisbane. I suppose Melbourne's got like coffee. Coffee. Or whatever, but that's. 
That's so much better than incest. Like it's so like, much better than incest. Like a hundred so times is, a better stereotype. It's crazy that they haven't, and maybe they have. Like the government invested money to somehow change. Mm. Like, but, but then the how perception. would you do that? Because I feel like this is the thing about when people have negative stereotypes about you, and we learnt this all. I mean, most people learnt it in high school, right? If you come out publicly, yeah. let's say the premier of Tasmania uh, held a press conference and said, "We mm. will not stand." for these jokes about us having two heads because our parents were brother or sister or cousins or related in some way mm. and that we're incest people yep. down here. It's not funny. It's not acceptable. It's hurting and our it, tourism. And, and please... it upsets my sister slash wife. <laughs> okay. That would be a good way to go. Because <laughs> then would it's kill like, if he did that joke. Then it's like owning the joke. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, they're pretty cool down there. You know, an incest guy wouldn't make a joke like that. I think that's how you got to play it because if you're too, if you make it clear that it upsets you, people go further with the joke. Yeah, they'll bully you further. But they could like play the classic "whoever smelt it dealt it" line. It's just mm. like what, like do you know what? It's probably like Melbourne or Victoria being like they're they're fucking their siblings down there mm. to take the heat off them actually fucking their siblings. This is great, and I think we're seeing this at the moment during the war in Ukraine. There's um. Two propaganda armies. Uh, Mm. It's like there's an information war happening on, uh, happening at the moment. They're they're trying to capture the the hearts and and minds of Ukrainian people, the Russian people, the the West more more broadly, and whoever has the kind of narrative that takes on the most may win the war. Um, I think Tasmania should be investing money in that. If they, how how would they get the kernel of truth with the Melbourne people? I suppose Melbourne's quite progressive. People well, do talk just... about kind of pro, like open sexuality can lead to like pro yeah. incest. Totally, and you could just do it through social media, just a targeted campaign. Like that mm. is how you could shape. You at, like up Brisbane on the people generation, or at Brisbane Pete, you do it for Brisbane people. Like whose mind are you trying to change? Are you saying like TikToks aimed at Brisbane people being like Melbourne? Aim fuck their brothers. Yeah, 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 their exactly. Fuck yeah, yeah. their fathers, Melbourne. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's it. so. It's like a parts. song, but yeah, you oh. could aim it at them, and be like, and be like, yeah, could give up on the the like yeah. the, like sixty plus. Like oh, they're gonna go to their gone. grave thinking totally. that the Tasmanians are fucking each other. There's they're done. actually that's... nothing you can do. They've made up their minds. <laughs> Mainland their Australians before this. <laughs> you can't teach an old dog new tricks, and you can't convince them that people uh, down in Tassie aren't turning tricks with their family. <laughs> but these young teens like they might not know about it yeah 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 so do the dances do like the the new catchy mm. songs and then try to shift the narrative to yep. melbourne people hyped up on coffee what do you totally. do when you're hyped up on coffee you have sex with your family <laughs> you do immoral acts <laughs> extremely immoral the coffee's, acts the coffee's fucking your brain <laughs> it sends you crazy crazy don't you know why they have laneways very thin laneways mm, exactly, so you can sneak Tom. off and do what do what I ask you. Yeah. Very, very fuck, sneaky Fuck thing. one of your family members. Exactly. I, Down the laneway. <laughs> I think as well, like, we know that each state has their own kind of tourism budget because quite often before movies or when you watch, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, normal TV. Like TV. Um, Pre-roll. They, um, there'll be, like, a Queensland ad or a Tasmania ad and it's all just, like, great pictures of their place and like people going snorkeling mm. and going bushwalking and stuff and each state is paying for their own one presumably like the yeah. the victorian state government is paying for us to 
have you know that woman who was pushing the big ball of cotton through the Melbourne laneways? Oh, that was iconic. Yeah, mm. like what? If- and you know. Ben Lomas is in like a uh, Melbourne tourism ad at the moment. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Oh, right. No, I haven't. But yeah, that's yeah. exactly. These things happen all the time. There must be millions invested. But just yeah. Tasmania should just do one of those. And yeah, it's like a pro Melbourne one. And it looks like it's from Melbourne. but it And it looks really nice. Like a woman pushing cotton through laneways. But then she leans in for a kiss. And then she's like, he's like, thanks, sis. And then she moves on. And then she goes <laughs> on a, um, like a hot air balloon. Yeah, and you're, and you're a bit like, <laughs> what was that with the system? Like, what? And it's kind of just lays the kernel, you know? Yeah, and then in the hot air balloon, it's like her and her brother went up. There was no, like, it would yeah. be crazy to go individually. Totally, and yeah. they're just there. And what happens up there? The champagne pops. Quite <laughs> romantic. And there's just a hand on the small of her back or something, like, as it zooms out and says, visit Melbourne. You're like, what's the hand? He's touching yeah, her. It's a bit like they're a couple there. And then that's that's the first kind of messaging. And then the second, I think we go with your thing of like social media, TikTok, but the cool kind of more aggressive memes. But now the, yeah, the like seed's a, been planted. The media blitz. Exactly. That's not bad at all. So it's like, yeah, you'd be slowly planting it in each other's, in the each viewer's mind. So it's yeah, not young people. incredibly obvious. Totally. But you would just start thinking, it's like weird that those families are that close in Melbourne. And I think the key the thing then is... The risk of that ad camp... Sorry, what were you going to say? I reckon that that would then prevent. So if you see that and then you see a few TikToks that are like, Melbourne, people are fucking their fam. What's up, fam? That's who they fuck. What's Down up? in Melbourne, that's what's up. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, that's weird. And it's catchy. And you're like, oh, that's probably stupid. But the key thing is that like a year later, when an older person makes a joke about Tassie, like, oh, they got two heads because they do incest. You'd be like, mm. nah, that's not the joke. The joke, the thing I've heard is it's Melbourne. So you'd kind of dismiss the, the Tasmanian stereotype. Even if you didn't accept the Melbourne one, you'd be like, I've heard that before, move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then these old mainlanders that have had this in their mind for ages mm. about Tasmania would then be like gaslit to thinking they had made the whole stereotype up because the kids would be like, are you fucking crazy? Everyone knows <laughs> that it's like Melbournes are the ones fucking their siblings. And these old... Yeah. Old brains would be like, what are you, my whole life's a lie. I've exactly. lived my whole life thinking it was Tazzy. And then they'd go to their grandchildren and they'd be like, I'm feeling so vulnerable. Like, I don't know what's up, what's down. Like, I don't know what's real and what's not. Like, can I just hold you for a second? And then they'd sit in their grandchildren's lap. And then while they're there, they'd, they'd feel their hot breath of their grandchildren on their neck. And they'd turn and they'd just lean in and then they'd, they'd start tongue kissing. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Melbourne. Dude. <laughs> In Melbourne, at least, that's what would happen. You know what they're up to. We have been paid by the Tasmanian government. (laughs) We have been paid $100,000. The risk, risk, though, of this ad campaign is that now, um, and maybe it's not a risk, maybe it's actually just kind of what Tasmania would still want. People Mm. from other states that did want to have incestuous relationships with their sisters would see these ads and be like, we have to go holiday in Melbourne. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's like that, that it becomes the destination. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's and like the Melbourne, travel point. Melbourne makes heaps of money from it. And then Tasmania is like, well, yeah. they're not even fucking really doing incest. We just made that up. We're the actual incest place. Well, we've been doing it for <laughs> years. Ages. We haven't got any money. <laughs> because we always denied it. But it's actually going on statistically in per capita. I mean, it's a small place. We all know that's the truth. It would be, of course, Melbourne leans into it, makes it like super cool, and like <laughs> yeah, they make exactly. heaps of money at it. 
<laughs> it completely becomes accepted. Like, that's the new progressive of thing. Of course. God, it would probably backfire. Poor Tasmania. Mm. Ah, no, they're all right. Um, dude, we haven't spoken since Shane Warne died. Did you think the country would go into mourning in the way they did? I mean... Like, even though I... He's a big part of my life. I just didn't think, though, that it would be like... The ABC news anchors are like... Yeah. Just, who cares about the war in Russia? Totally. 24 hours around the cross talking about Yeah, totally. Sorry, Zelensky. We've yeah. got an even funnier comedian <laughs> uh, to, to honour. I don't know. I feel like I expected it. I don't think... Because I was out having a beer with a few of our friends when we found out. And mm. um, we were there with Goldstein, who is American, and didn't quite... I suppose knew who he was, but didn't quite understand what Shane Warne meant to Australia and what like yeah. where he kind of stood. And and it was kind of nice and cathartic, mainly Huey explaining what I was trying <laughs> he as didn't well. Take it, he didn't take it well, Huey. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was tough. <laughs> we were in kind of like a cool Melbourne bar. I told one um, guy with like glitter on his face in the bathroom that Warney died and he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be breaking the. Sorry, man. I'll, I'll get back to you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't care. Um, I'm just trying to connect. I'm just trying to, you know, go on through something. But um, it was kind of a cathartic thing of like basically explaining what, yeah, where where Warney stood, and kind of in explaining it, I think I think someone disagreed with this, but to me, he's what Steve Irwin was to like America to overseas people. Overseas mm. people thought that Steve Irwin was like the most Aussie guy, but he was a bit hamming it up for me. Um, yeah. Big in the United States. Kind of a bit maybe, I mean, this is Steve Irwin, potential sacrilege, but he's a bit like what Foster's is for the rest of the world. They think that everyone here drinks Foster's. Oh, yeah, exactly. But like, do yeah, we yeah, really yeah. watch Steve Irwin? I don't know. Um, whereas Shane Warne is like, the two is new or something. It's like what we actually consume, how we actually identify. Yeah, yeah. He was he was actually the Carlton Draft. He was actually the... Irwin was the Fosters. Makes you think, though, Tom, any of us could go at any moment. <laughs> I mean... I mean, man, it's more like you don't know what you've got till it's gone. That is what I, I, ever I feel about mm. his death. It's like, I know he was supposed to die young. Like, it, it was written in the stars probably. Yes. But I just, I just wish I had more time. Totally. I also think that these guys, I mean, it makes you think about the the life cycle of an athlete because they have, you know, if they're lucky, 10 to 15 years in the game, whatever the game is. And then there's yeah. like an arc, obviously, to their career often where they're kind of coming up, they're getting better, they're an up-and-comer, and then they're kind of, if they're one of the greats, they've, they've got their time on top, and then they they wane, and then people start talking about retirement, but then they kind of do like, they're like everyone knows they're a great and so they do a few years of like just everyone celebrating them, kind of saying goodbye a little bit. Then they yeah. go into sometimes commentary and kind mm. of doing interviews, looking back on their career and kind of get into like a legacy defining mode. Like he'd just done a documentary with Amazon, Warney had. I know. But like he was just getting started on that like media personality trajectory, I reckon. Like he would have had another 10 years of being like an all time fucking. Well, did media you ever guy. watch his. He had a talk show. Did you ever watch it? No. What? what do you mean? It was crazy. It was oh, called back in the day? It only lasted. Yeah, only lasted oh, like four or five episodes. Like in, on Channel oh, Nine. Channel Nine. Yes, I do remember this. It was. He would have like big. I think Channel Nine thought it was going to be like the new Rove. 
It's so funny. He I would mean, do like a see... monologue at the start of the show. Oh my god, it's so funny. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, if I was in a meeting and then people were talking about that, like I'd get behind it. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I can see it working. But you can also see it being a bit stilted or something. Like I think he's he'd be a great guest on anything. But like holding yeah. the ship together, I'm not sure I trust. No, 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 no. He's not the ca- well. That's why he never captained the Australian team. He was always on the side. Yes, totally. You don't want him at. You don't want him at the helm. Um, God, he I couldn't had a even, of brilliant. He couldn't even captain, and they thought he was going to be the next Rove. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know if they thought he was going to be the next Rove, but it was like pretty much exactly the same as yeah, Rove. He was quirky. He would interview the big guests when they were in town. He would do a monologue. That's <laughs> so such a funny like uh, for those big. You like you know US stars like big actors or whatever they tour here they're doing the media for the big movie or whatever and then they stop at a few places um, yeah probably only like three or four or whatever and then one of them is like a cricketer hosting a show it's just the impression it would give of Australia is too funny to like Matt Damon or something <laughs> like what is that he of... was the guy well apparently there's a story like Warney was in LA when he was dating Elizabeth Hurley mm. and. Warning was at a hotel or something and then sat down and he was talking to like, I don't know, some big movie star. Yeah. And like the guy didn't know who Warning and Warning was just like, whatever, this knockabout. And he was like smoking ciggies and real chubby at the time. Mm. And then Liz Hurley turned up and Warning was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom or whatever. And then the guy was chatting and was like really flirting hard with Liz Hurley. Anyway, Liz <laughs> Hurley left. And then the guy's manager was like, oh, I've got such a crush. She must be the sexiest woman in the world. And then the manager's like, yeah, that guy you were talking to before is dating her. <laughs> yes. Yes, Warning. Doesn't that stuff just make your heart so warm? Just a guy Dude. who not only, yeah, dating some kind of Hollywood starlet, but also... One of the best in his sport to ever play, but just doesn't mm. look like a sports person at all. I love the idea of Man. people being like, "What? He's he's an elite sports person." <laughs> Thank God, I'm still not there. even one of the best. Arguably the best. <laughs> the, best. Exactly. the one, the best. Like it's crazy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think I said to you, which surprised me because I've only watched half of that Amazon doco, which is so crazy. It came out like two weeks before he died. It's like, well, did Amazon I kill him? It. Like, it's crazy. Dude, it's the best. They might have drugged him. Bezos fucking killed him, I reckon. It's the best promo. It would be nothing to Bezos to do that because, like, Warney's famous, but not American famous. So, no, what does Bezos totally. care? He probably would kill him. I s- totally. I've, Especially I suppose... if he wants to India. Think about India. They will watch. Oh my people god! Watch it. Totally. If this gets Amazon going in India, because I was about to say, I suppose the increased viewer numbers probably wouldn't be worth the risk of having an international sports player assassinated. But if it mm. opened up to a new billion-person market in um, yeah in India, then oh and my god, the, it probably would be. FBI wouldn't look into it because he's not Australian. Totally. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he's not American. So like, yeah, you could kill him, get away with it. ADF looking into it or whatever. Oh. I, the ADF? The what? SAS? Who would... No, ASIO. I don't oh, trust Oh, ASIO, them. that's right. Man, I don't... Yeah, I, I don't think we're saying some keywords now that are going to get this podcast uh, <laughs> listened to by an officer. That's uh, like most podcasts are like, please comment in the um, below, give us a rating, yeah. it helps, bumps it up. And we're like, ASIO. ISIS. Terrorist. <laughs> Shane Al Qaeda. Taliban joining. How do I join the Taliban? 
Oh, we're joking around here, but they absolutely do have that technology set up. <laughs> it's just it's not even a joke. <laughs> Undoubtedly, they do. Oh, God. It would, yeah, look, this, anyway, it's fine. Yeah, lots of people assumed that I was vaccinated when I'd never said anything. I think I just have a vaccinated vibe. Maybe I seem responsible to people or something. No, because you've got like the law thing and then, I mean, I feel like your sister's a doctor. So it does feel like you understand a lot. And maybe the medical thing is a thing that you probably understand a lot. But yeah, what are you not? Are you boosted? Yeah. I mean, I think, but then that's what frustrates me about the vaccine stuff is, I've probably said this before as well, but my, my sister, who is a doctor, was early on saying the vaccines were fucking like you know, a bit scary and it was like early mm. science and, you know, that if she had the power, she probably would have waited, but because she's a frontline worker, she's going to have to get it. But like, she'd have a bunch of doctors around because that's her social circle and they were all bitching about how fucking untested it is. And then... That's unreal. And then, two months later... This is now a vaccine conspiracy podcast. <laughs> well, look, I think, you know, the data's now in. No vaccine has been tested more than these ones because they've been run out across millions and millions of people and like that there hasn't been anything too scary yet but taliban ivermectin <laughs> but my point get is, us on I, a few lists it does annoy me that then other people express um skepticism around vaccines and then people talk down to them like you fucking idiots you don't know what you're saying get in line when like yeah i've been at parties with fucking a million doctors um, well, not a million, like ten, all bitching about and how scared about it they are. This was early days, but like they were just basically expressing their hesitancy, like a lot of these other people do. But when the other people express their hesitancy, they get shouted down, as if you're not agreeing with science. But the fucking science people behind the scenes are going, "Oh yeah, it's a bit dodgy." So it's like, how but about we they... don't fucking yell at the other people as if they're so uneducated? They're just being hesitant. It's normal. But how long ago was this though? Yeah, it was, a, it was a while ago. <laughs> this was like pre-anyone getting vaccinated, right? Yeah, 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 when the vaccines had just yeah, been kind yeah. of announced. So Did like they change their tune? Kind of. I think there's still a bit of like, a, oh, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Like you, you just, they just, they but, have to take it. If you work in the health system, like you just have to take it. But I reckon it would be a kind of thing, it's like, oh, there's heaps of comedians that I'm just like, yeah. You know, and heaps of, and everyone, the general public or whatever, are like these people are amazing. But because I do comedy, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I see all the totally. tricks. Tra- That's probably yeah. the same as the fact they know heaps of vaccines. Totally. And then everyone's talking about this one vaccine, and they're like, oh, this fucking vaccine. They're like, it's new. There's a million better this vaccines. This is an open market. I've heard <laughs> vaccines, they've been doing it in 20 years. They don't get any respect. <laughs> this vaccine the- comes from nowhere. Now everyone's talking about it. Yeah, it's exactly. just not fair. It's untested. Some of this, it's, it's old. The bits that they're doing that are good, they've stolen from other vaccines, which are better. And the, exactly. the new bits are like, do they work? We don't know. Do they work? Are they? It's just like people getting caught up in the momentum and not actually <laughs> yeah. paying attention to what is a good vaccine. It is actually just um, established uh, stand-up comedians who bitch about people who blow up on YouTube. And <laughs> <It is laughs> all of a sudden exactly have a thousand people at every show. Exactly. Oh, yeah, they're great. Oh yeah, they're yeah. so good, aren't they? Yeah, they're the new, they're the future voice of comedy. Yeah, Frenchies are champion. <laughs> the new vaccines <laughs> are the Frenchies of the comedy, of the vaccine world. No, um, no, doing good work. Frenchies, Frenchies doing good work out No, there, doing good know? work. I am on board with Frenchie. Don't get me wrong. I didn't see him but... in the lab. I didn't see him in the lab every fucking week with the rest of us. 
Didn't see him in the grind. Didn't see him on the sign-up nights writing his name down, did you? Oh, God. But, yeah, um, I'm not she... anti-vax, but I think I do... That's, that's what annoys me about people of, of, assuming that I'm um, very pro-vaccine is because they do kind of associate probably, yeah, like um, has a sister who's a doctor and then therefore, of course, they agree with me. It's like, no, people of all sorts are allowed to have hesitancies, not being anti it. Totally. Just like ask questions at all. Like it's all very strange. Well, that's a totally. But, and also the thing is like anything that everyone is into, I would normally probably try to be the opposite side of not like not the opposite yeah. not try to be but just generally i feel like i would be like oh god this yeah, is all a bit cringe if everyone's doing it yeah it gets so cringe if it's 92 percent of the population are doing this one thing that's why you're pro russia no 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 no, <laughs> no come on tom come on <laughs> Yeah, dude. So we went to a we went to a wedding and we were gift we were in control of the wedding. We were entrusted slash obliged <laughs> to co-host. Burdened potentially. I mean, you could you could argue that I found it. So basically, we, we were the MCs, co MCs. Mm. Not so, I'd never MC'd a wedding before. You had many times, I'd say. Yes. Oh, like yeah, four times probably. Four times. Fuck, and you were a natural early on. You were like, okay, the bathroom's over there. We're going to be seated in two minutes. You were like... You were like hesitant. You the, were hesitant. The I announcements could see. I had to take you under my wing. Load out of you. I'm like, is this appropriate? Is it, we, I don't know. It felt weird to just march out into like a crowd of just people kind of sipping drinks and chatting and um, start speaking into a microphone, bossing them around. But that was the job. And you know what the part of the job is that they never really... is that you have to play a bit of cattle dog yes. at times and just get people back into their seats and stuff. And exactly. that's always... I don't mind standing up and like bringing you on the speakers. That's fine. But when you're just like interrupting mm. people, having a good, solid yeah. conversation... Catching up with someone they haven't seen in years. Yeah. And be like, come on, cut it. Like a, a, someone they haven't seen for 10 years and you're like, end this. Go sit in your designated seat. You're a, uh, you're a teacher. Yeah, you, you, you a bit, have to play absolutely. the role of a teacher, which is no fun. But um, we we sorted out a little routine. We like, we wrote a little routine. We did it yeah. uh, together, and I think it went okay. I we rehearsed I think... beforehand. We went out to the front. This was at our friend's property, um, on his well, not his property, but his parents' farm. And we went out the front, and we kind of were running it. Because, like, mm. you'd say a bit, then I'd say a bit. Like, we kind of went back and forth. And, God, then I was like, this is going to... I gonna was really nervous. Real bad. Really, really nervous. In fact, to the point where I was like, we could throw all everything we have out now. And just really? You were thinking just, about just playing I was it like, straight? We could have done a straight back and not tried to be funny and then just brought people on. It is absolute beautiful to be here and what a glorious day and what a glorious wedding and what a glorious couple I would love to introduce the father of the bride and then that's just it I mean you can just do that if you're the MC. you don't have to do most stuff. people do do that I think you don't have to do jokes um, I found like it was quite stressful the whole process trying to do because this was the makeup of the crowd was probably like 60 comedians maybe not 60 but like a huge chunk of the wedding were comedians maybe 30, and then yeah. a, another huge chunk were like ex-irish ira like yeah, it's former not ira <laughs> old irish people 
<laughs> really not an ideal crowd to judge to. Like none of... from different angles you know some people are kind of judging specifically what you're doing and others are kind of just i suppose have like a far away stare into the middle distance thinking about the yeah the horrible like things an ing- ingrained bitterness even on one of the happiest moments of their family life <laughs> exactly and then well i suppose that would be like 33 percent of the crowd slash yeah. attendance um so a third maybe comedy people, a third hardened IRA fighters mm. from back in the day, and then a third would be kind of normal people that were a bit more easy to, to perform to, I suppose. And, and I think we them. did best to the normal people. Yeah. By <laughs> far. <Yeah. laughs> the, the Irish guys didn't, like, none of them, I didn't see a single one of them laugh at anything no, we did. I didn't even look at them. Um, I feel like mm. that, you know, when you're performing, like if there's a table over there, they don't like you. You can't focus on them. You, you've got to try and ignore. I mean, sometimes you get fixated, but on, on, a, on a beautiful day such as that, we couldn't. Um, my, I suppose the two things I found notable, one is you did a funny thing because oh. we, we before, <laughs> so we were, int- our main job is to introduce a bunch of people and the, I won't say their names, I think. But there were names of the some of the family members of one of the people getting married, yes, um, and that were I think European names or something. And I we both thought like oh, it would be good to, to check that these names are spelled correctly yes. on this run sheet that we've been given. And you went and checked with the guy getting married that these were the correct yes. names uh, because we, yes. we wanted to get it right because we're professionals. And he confirmed the way we were saying it. Was correct. That's it. So you come back. We're like, we've sorted that out. That was kind of just before we went up. That was like a last minute kind of, yeah. we've got a bit of nerves here. We want to do the right thing. Then we get up. We do some gags. And then we introduce this couple. They come up to do their mm. speech. And then... It's beautiful. They do beautiful. It beautiful. They hand speech. the mics over to us. And then mm. they go down to get seated. But then the guy goes, aha! Turns around and goes, no, one more thing. Grabs the mic from you. From me, and, yeah. And says... I'd also just like to clarify that you pronounced my wife's name incorrectly and it's actually pronounced like this. And then hands the mic back to you. And you yes. felt... Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you, you felt ashamed, probably. But I think you also felt indignant because you specifically checked this with I'd the guy the getting married. You'd done the homework. I'd done the right thing. But in my mind, you should definitely have just taken the loss there. You're never going to see this guy again. It's not your it's so wedding. It's easy to say that now. <laughs> no, it is. It is. But you went, I checked with the groom. <laughs> so basically you were Which, really... can I say, did get a big laugh. <laughs> totally, yes. But you're outing the groom on his wedding day for not knowing the, <laughs> the name of his wife's family. Which yes, is like... When... It's so easy to be like, you should take the L there. And in yes. hindsight, I definitely should have. I agree. Yes. But when you're on stage, yes. the bright lights are there. You yes. do, you just, it's all about keeping your head above water. You're doing anything to keep the ball in the air. And I and, and now I get that. I should have just taken the yes. loss. But in the moment, I just went into the, the yeah. performer mode. Totally. And it was, it is easy for me to say, because he did snatch your microphone. And you had been the one that pronounced the name. So it was did kind of felt like it, Did you not bring them on? I think I said it at the beginning. Yeah. But I think oh. you said it at the end. So I was <laughs> the one because in he took your memory. Mind. And I think 
That's why it felt to you like a personal attack. Because it kind of was. He, and he did like a big, aha, and then like march back and then it was, took your march. Tom, like it was, it a- was absolutely <laughs> a personal attack. It was also like, you know, it was like he didn't need to do it. Oh, maybe he did. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. To me, it, I think, it was I think nice they were paying for the wedding, potentially. Be- <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this fucking guy's name? Whatever. Get off, mate. But <laughs> this is the problem with M. Emceeing weddings, they don't introduce you to any of these speakers, and then no. you just got to bring them on. Well, you just and say you get a name, answer. and then you hope someone stands up. That's what happened. We didn't that was exciting, yeah, to say the name and then then put a <laughs> name to the face. I've been told that someone of this uh, description would like to say some words. You're just looking into the crowd, anyone? Nope, no one by that Do you name. think in the moment you would have taken the loss? Oh, God, it's difficult. Could you then afterwards feel like you should have definitely just copped it which i did agree i said with, at the time but, as well i'm like <laughs> go oh easy. you did didn't you yeah you, on the microphone yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe just <laughs> don't put the blame directly on the guys who's been married um it's, thank god you did I, I was seeing red i would have turned it would have turned into like a, where i just start roasting everyone you change in the your name mate because your actual name's ridiculous you it's dumb fucking idiot you out. come here with a dumb name try to embarrass me at my show my show. No one wants you here. Boo, kick it. I, I call security to pick him out. Kick him out. I think that I would have... Oh, I would have had the exact same defensive reaction. And I would have been like, oh, right. Okay, yeah. I hope that in that moment before... Because I, I would go to say exactly what you said. But mm. I hope that I would catch myself. But I'm not sure that I would. Because also, yeah, you kind of been gearing up for speaking again because we'd taken them up we thought they were wrapped up so you're just thinking about the next thing you're going to say and yeah. then all of a sudden he's back and he's grabbed the mic it's like oh what <laughs> no, no. Like, it yeah. was so instinctive I've never yes. like it was just in the moment I had to respond I had to defend myself and that's the other but thing I, that I don't have mm-hmm. is that in my mind I was curious about the pronunciation and then you went and sorted it out and you came back I didn't have the conversation with the groom where the groom assured me that that was what it was. But if yes. I'd had that, I think I would feel a bit more indignant about like just being um, And misled. can I say the, the name, we won't say the name, but the no. name wasn't like, it wasn't like a lengthy, difficult word no. to it spell. It was a bizarre spelling syllable. of a four-letter word. One mm. syllable. And there's just, it, it's beyond comprehension that the way they, the correct pronunciation is the way that they pronounce it. No, it's not. Considering I mean, the way it's, yeah. if you could have showed a hundred people, ninety nine would have pronounced it the way we initially did. Yeah. We on the on a whim, being like, we will just be the most thorough MCs of all time and double check <laughs> the pronunciation. Totally. No one else would have checked the pronunciation, and I still got absolutely burnt. Are you saying that you think it was on them to clarify them knowing they were going to be introduced to find the hosts and clarify, given how? No, pronunciation is. I think it was on the person that asked us to MC, our close friend, yes, to come certainly. up and tell us that. Yeah, I think definitely. But I also think it's you... hilarious that he doesn't know his mother-in-law's name. <laughs> <laughs> and that was revealed at the wedding. Like, come on, mate. The mother-in-law relationship is like a famously fraught one to begin with. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Learn the name. But also it's like... Afterwards, he was like, oh, I was just fucking with you. That's what he told me. After. No, impossible, impossible he was, because who would risk that on their wedding day? That's so stupid. Of course he wasn't fucking with you. He just doesn't know how to pronounce his mother-in-law's name. Anyway, I feel like we're going too close to the sun here. The other thing that I found, Absolutely. though, is, um, yeah, it kind of 
it was nerve-wracking. And it kind of did make the whole, at least beginning part of the wedding, that's just all you're thinking about. All you're thinking about. Especially then when we had to go to the side and do it ourselves. But once it was done, the freedom was unbelievable. That was almost worth it. Because then the next, the remaining hours of the wedding, I had an absolute, it felt like the weight of the world had been lifted off me. It was good, can I say, my earnest reflection on it, is I think at the beginning, yeah, you're having chats with people, you're seeing, like I was seeing a bunch of old friends, like people I haven't seen in a while, and it does, it is a shame because you can't be completely present or you don't feel like you're being completely present chatting to them because you're worried mm. about this speech you're going to have to do. And then afterwards, if I'm honest, I feel like I felt a weight off as well, but I also did kind of want to talk about how the speech went a little bit. It yeah. was like if you've done a gig or something, you kind of want to reflect. You Ideally, you'd get a few compliments or something. But like that's inappropriate as well because ideally you'd just be trying to connect with these people you haven't seen in a while without a, no. a secret agenda. Tom, there are, there are a few real ones that did want to chat about the performance and break it down joke by joke. You just had to find them. A few There was a few comedians there that loved to talk because... So like, you, I didn't you think just we, found people that wanted to give you the right compliments. That's why you They came them. to me. They oh, came to me. okay. I had... And then I got caught and we analysed it joke by joke. Oh, that's... I mean, you good. were probably being you were probably being much more social. But I think the big takeaway was most people were like, like, I don't think we did badly. I think we almost did as well as you could do. There was a, there'd be a few things I would change if we could do it again oh, in choice of material and style. But the big takeaway, a lot of people would come up and whether they were doing it as a joke or there was a lot of truth in it, mm. they would come up and say, well, boys, I thought you were funny. Yeah, there was a perception that we bombed. When we really thought that we'd done as like pretty much the best that we could have <laughs> We walked hoped. off and we were like, couldn't have gone any better. And then everyone was just like, oh, weddings are tough. Back. Weddings are really tough. <laughs> IRA, you know. It's like, oh, but what? I thought we were getting last. What would you change stylistically? I think stylistically I would go, I would, I would focus more on stories and right. lean into stories more as opposed to um, gags at the top. Yes. Just because I don't think there are, like, the, the wedding crowds are there for stories. That's all they want is stories. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I think the roast was really good. Mm. We did. But I think, yeah, maybe, I think we would do the bits more with stories. I think that's when we shot, really shined. But don't you think that the gags at the beginning kind of get everyone warmed up? Because you don't want to just go straight into a story, do you? When no oh, no, I think they were fun. And I think we had to do some of those, definitely. You do a but few. I think it would have been maybe a bit more story-heavy. Totally. Yeah. No, that's good for anyone out there listening um, who wants advice on speaking at weddings. I think just a few embarrassing or fun and, and nice stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the done, key. Hey? And you'll find the humour in that. Totally. Because people are listening. They're leaning over. They're like, oh my God, the, the, the people, the people that we're here to see, we're getting... That's why people like the speeches because they're getting a little bit of a new view on these on this couple. Totally. I also love at the wedding, like a, a few people came up to me minutes before we were about to start and they'll be like, oh, have you heard the shit, the shitting in the toilet or the story? The, yeah. Sto- yeah. The, can you throw that in? And you're like, what? I don't know that story. What are you talking about? I'm just not going to on a whim be like, so yeah, one of the guys just told me a story about him doing a shit. Do you got there? Yeah, that's, that's the kind of guy he is. You know? I mean, they've, I think they've kind of got to the punchline there. I'm not exactly sure what the lead up was. It, it, like putting a few things together from a few different people telling me the story. I think they were at a pub and it sounds like he had some sort of reaction to maybe some KFC that he'd eaten. Mm. I'm not sure if it's KFC. I just kind of added that detail. But then, yeah, basically he shit his pants. Anyway, it's great to be here. 
I um, hope you all enjoyed that story as much as they did telling me. Welcome, Jerry. I mean, Gary. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all too close to the bone. Um, but look, dude, I think it was such a success. Hopefully, we don't have to do it again in the future, but it was fun. I think we did as well as we could have. And I don't want to do... If that's doing bad, I don't want to do well. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great look. Podcast has changed my life. That is lovely to meet you. Yes, nice to be met. Come on, sit down, tuck in. <laughs>